Nothing on the Bunnell Foundation's Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast should be considered medical advice. Medical advice can only come from your CF physician. Cystic fibrosis can be a devastating diagnosis, but living with the disease can bring positivity and a new appreciation for each day. From the Bonnell Foundation in Detroit, Michigan, it's the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast, sponsored by Vertex Pharmaceutical. Here's your host, Laura Bonnell. When cystic fibrosis came into my life, I knew it was meant to be, and that may sound weird, but I knew. At 12 years old, I knew that I wanted to become a news reporter, and that was my career for 25 years. About the time I started news, I had my first child, Molly, who had cystic fibrosis, and then Emily, who also had CF. I knew that my purpose was to raise awareness about CF, and radio, more specifically, WWJ, allowed me to do that. And local media, in radio, television, and print also helped me to tell the CF story year after year after year. Fast forward to meeting Jordan Gillette on Twitter. Jordan's dad listens to WWJ, and he always has, so it became part of Jordan's world. He was familiar with me as a reporter, but didn't know about my connection to CF until he heard the public service announcement on WWJ. And that's when he reached out. Jordan is 40 years old, a truck driver, and an optimistic lover of life. We're so glad that he is telling his story on this podcast. Jordan Gillette, you are living in my home of Michigan, which is wonderful. It's great to meet you over Zoom in this pandemic. You just turned 40 years old and you have cystic fibrosis. And we actually connected over Twitter. So it is great to meet you and to be able to learn a little bit of your story. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ms. Bonnell. It's always a pleasure. I'm glad to be here today. I was so excited to see you on Twitter and to learn a little bit about you. But why don't you tell us when you were diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and kind of give us a little bit of your story? Absolutely. Laura, I was born April 11th, 1981. I was born in Gross Point, and I was diagnosed at birth with my cystic fibrosis. And in my younger years, uh, when I was a child, I was uh, treated, and my primary physician was Children's Hospital in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then when I got older, I transitioned over to University of Michigan Hospital in Ann Arbor, and my primary physician that I'm being treated by is Dr. Thomas Sisson. Yeah, great guy, great doctor. Do you have other siblings with CF? Are you an only child? I have an older brother. He's a couple years older than me. Him and his family live by Grand Rapids. I am the only person in my family, besides a very, very distant, distant cousin that had cystic fibrosis. And what did your parents think when you were diagnosed? I mean, newborn screening didn't exist then. Back then, I guess, you know, obviously the technology and things are a lot different today compared to they were back then. Um, They were able to I guess, thankfully, put a finger on it pretty quickly, you know, started treating me. And back then, I remember Dr. She was my primary physician doctor at Children's when I was a little child. I'll never forget her. Uh, Very, very good. I don't know anything about her. I tried to research her to look her up, to write her an email or do something. But I don't know if she made it past. I have no idea. But anyways, um, I got in once they found out I was diagnosed. Thankfully, I had good insurance and they were able to get me right into children's and pretty much get me right into 
figuring things out and getting them enzymes because I was very thin, very underweight, very sick as a child, uh, because obviously weight is an, an issue with the cystic fibrosis. So yes, we got in, got me stabilized, so to speak. And as years progressed and good care of my health care. And then I got as an adult, I went over to U of M hospital. You grew up in a time when there wasn't as big of a connection between families just by emails and other ways to connect. Do you feel now that you're connecting with more people in your adult years than maybe you or your parents did when you were younger? Good question. That's kind of a 50-50 right there. My mom, uh, she's got a Facebook page and she got on Twitter and she's more keeps in touch on that stuff. My father passed away five years ago. My mom and dad were married for 50 years and mm. and I lost my father. So I pretty much look over mom, take care of mom. She lives right down the road from me. But back in the day, I was a very, very good friend of mine and my mother's. We always called him Father Jim Myers. Yes, absolutely. I know him mm-hmm. or of him. Yeah. He did a lot of connecting, so to speak, as far as camps and things like that. When I was a little young, and uh, Father Jim organized some camps, and uh, one of them was out near Battle Creek, and I had gone there. It was really, really well put together. But as research got stronger, Lauren, I, I know you can understand this, they realized that there were some people with cystic fibrosis that couldn't be together. You could not be around, you know, they realize, okay, this is a conflict of interest because of different mutations, things like that, that they're afraid that people are going to possibly get sick or something like that because of hanging around somebody that had a different um, bacteria. It was the bacteria. And that's when like the six feet apart started happening. Oh, no, this is when I was a little kid. It might've been something like that, but it was, uh, I forget the name of it. It was a reason why they had to stop this. Uh, it was Camp Ankoy Banak. And they had to stop it because of safety issues with children with CF. There's like, yeah, it was B. Sapatia. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. That kind of ended the camps because of cross contamination. Yes. Yes. Bingo. Yes. You hit the nail right on the head. And so Father Jim Myers was one that was, he was a wonderful, wonderful, caring person that did so much for the cystic fibrosis community in the younger years where technology wasn't what it is today. And he was just a wonderful person. And so he connected a lot of us and came together with things. But now that kind of all went by the wayside because of what you just explained. The community of patients with cystic fibrosis, yes, we all want to connect and be together and be there and you know possibly do things together. But I think there was just a, like what you were just saying that kind of keeps us apart a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Safety's always first with all of us. I mean, we can't jeopardize something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I, and I understand that. Right. And what a loss for you and for all of those other CF kids. And honestly, I think what you're saying is so great because it was so good, that camaraderie in a disease for so many of you. Yeah. My kids have CF, obviously they can relate to one another because they have the same thing. But if you don't have a sibling that has CF or if you're not sharing it or talking with your friends about it, that was a great emotional haven for you, right? Oh, yeah. It was a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. It was just wonderful that these people put all that stuff together. And you got to understand that was, you know, 30 years ago, there was no internet. There was no, it was, you know, you reach out by phone call there or you mail a letter to somebody and that's how you got an invitation in the mail. Like back in the day when you got a birthday party invitation, you got in the mail. 
no emails, no Facebook, Twitter, no nothing to advertise any of this stuff. So it was all old school. And you know what? I think a lot of times I miss a lot of the way things were done in the old school. I mean, yeah, I know the new technology, but it was just the amount of effort involved to get something put together. You had to put a lot more effort into something. And that showed how much of a passion somebody really truly had back then. Mm-hmm. Because the amount of effort that they had to do to handwrite letters or put stamps on, you know, just it, I could go on and on. But I was glad I was able to live that. And now with the new technology and what you do, Laura, I think is just the most phenomenal thing for the cystic fibrosis community. Last week, I actually had a doctor's appointment at U of M and Ronnie, the nurse, who you know, mm-hmm. very highly of you. And so does Dr. Sisson speaks very highly of you, thinking what you do is the most wonderful thing. And I, I agree with them. It's just, you really connect a lot of people in the podcasts you do. Words can't put into how great of a person in the stuff that you do for the cystic fibrosis community, Laura. It's very, very wonderful. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And I appreciate you and Ronnie and all the doctors and everything. I mean, we are one community. And getting back to the camp, you know, what I heard coming into the cystic fibrosis community 26 years ago, because my oldest, Molly, is 26, I had heard about the camps, and I also heard that a lot of people died after the cross-contamination. Did you lose friends after that camp, or were you too young to remember that? To be honest with you, um, I knew some of the people and heard because they did, like, newsletters and, you know, things of that nature. But I never, at the camp, everybody was wonderful. Everybody got along. Everybody had a great time. We did arts, crafts, uh, learning, you name it. We did so much stuff together. Even the the staff, everybody. It was like a huge family reunion every year, you would, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is after the camp, I go home and nobody that I went to camp with lived anywhere near around me. So we really didn't connect after the camps, but every year we did go that they had the camp, we'd reconnect and you know, catch up and things like that. But then after the camp, I guess the saddest part to me that hit me the most is, yes, I went to the camp when I was young. And realizing when I get older, the loss of people to where, you know, they say the statistics of cystic fibrosis and the longevity of life was starting to become very clear to me. And that's what's hardest to see. And seeing these some of these children at camp and some of the people that attended the camp, um, you know, unfortunately, we're a little bit more affected by cystic fibrosis than I was. But at the start of the day, we all put our pants on the same way. They're no mm-hmm. different than me or you or anybody else. So it was like I sit there and I, such great people. And it's like I always say God takes the best ones. You know what I'm saying? And it really did. I never built a relationship, you know, with any of my friends because I could never see them outside of the camp. Gotcha. So that was hard. Since then, and throughout your life until this 40th year, what kind of relationships do you have with the CF community? Is it more than your doctors, or are you able to get on social media or do any of that kind of checking in with people? The social media, um, I kind of opted out of for many different reasons. Um, Again, I'm very old school, and I guess it just 
in my personal life, I stay very busy. I, I am a very successful business owner. I own my own trucking business. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I want to hear about that. But as far as the social group, you know, I, I have a very good connection with my doctors, uh, my nurses and the, the CF specialty team that takes, you know, that I see for appointments and everything like that. And like yourself, Laura, I just I guess I wouldn't be having this meeting with you today. I guess it's one of the things that hits most home to me more than anything is my father worked over in Warren and I used to commute because my grandma lived only a couple blocks away from where my father worked. But every single morning and every time I got into the car, he had News Radio 950 on. And I got to know a lot of people from the old school WWJ. And to this day, News Radio 950 is always on my dial. It is right now as we speak. And it's because with that on in my truck, everywhere I go, I still listen to the radio and everything like that. But for the majority of the time on my radio, it's news radio because that's a part of my father with me at all times because that's all he listened to. And with me listening to news radio 950, your ad started playing about the Bonnell Foundation. Now, if I never listened to news radio 950, I would have never heard about the Bonnell Foundation. So I feel like it was part of my dad put me into something where now I can connect nowadays and I'm glad I reached out to you and I've found the Bonnell Foundation and yourself, Laura, is because I hope that I can have a close-knit community with you and the Bonnell Foundation, and hopefully, you know, within this little network, not even have to worry about going on a social media thing, but I'll always have, you know, my contacts available for if anybody, mm-hmm. you, know, or, you know, whatever I can do to help you guys out or help any of our listeners out there that are just interested in, I'm always happy to talk about what I do and what I live with every day. It's fantastic. And what a story. Okay, first of all, that is fantastic that you were listening to WWJ because of your dad. And then the Bonnell Foundation public service announcements were airing. And I have to say that WWJ, specifically Rob Davidek, who's the news director, has been a continuous supporter of the Bonnell Foundation and of raising awareness for cystic fibrosis. So I can never thank WWJ and Rob enough and other reporters that have done stories and continue to do stories about cystic fibrosis. It's huge that it raised awareness and that it connected us, right? Absolutely. That is just a wonderful thing. And we're going to think of something together, you know, truckers for CF or something like that. So we will talk after this podcast. But why don't you now tell us about your love for trucks and how that grew into your own business? My whole family's from down in Tennessee. That's my mom's whole side of the family. They come from a big farming family in Tennessee, about 45 minutes right outside of Nashville, southeast of Nashville. Anytime we were out of school, anytime we load up in the car, with my grandma and grandpa and me and my brother and my mom and my grandma and grandpa. My dad would stay up here because he'd have to work. He'd all go down for a spring break, summer vacation, whatever. And we'd always go down to the old farmhouse, down hole, we could call it. And I had a love for trucks seeing them out on the interstate. And I was just joking around when I was a little kid. I wanted to drive one. I want to drive one. You know, when I was just a little knee high to a grasshopper. And then not only am I driving them, I own them. So I got right out of it. Right out of high school, I graduated. I graduated from West Bloomfield High School. I took school very seriously. I did very well in school. Started trucking uh, right out of high school and 
Never looked back. And why do you love it so much? Is it just you like road tripping kind of, or is it the big trucks actually, the beauty of them? or The industry is really, I don't know if the easiest word to say is just falling apart in a lot of aspects because of the quality of drivers and because there's such a high demand for drivers putting these people in the seats of these trucks that the quality of driving and the quality of respect out on the road is that's gone. That's gone. There's no more to that. So there's only a few and far between um, people. A good friend of mine, Al Webster, very, very good friend, lives in Royal Oak, and he is a third generation in his family, and he's probably my best friend. And uh, me and him spend a lot of time together, talk a lot. But the one thing I like about the trucking industry and, and doing what I do is the name of my business is the Gillette Group, and the motto of my business is expensive looks, priceless service. So I take it to a very high standard the way my trucks look they got to turn every head on the road when i go down the road the way i think is i enjoy driving a nice truck because it makes me want to go to work every day Mm -hmm. but also when you pull into a customer or something and they see that beautiful truck and they're getting ready to put their product on your truck they know it's in good hands because they see how i treat my equipment and how i present myself it goes a long way say the name of your company again the gillette group But also the main reason why I like trucking is I know I do so much for so many people. You know, if if you have food on your table and clothes on your back, think a trucker. I pretty much run at nighttime because there's no traffic. And the old saying goes, the drivers are out here at night running the road. They're out here because they have a purpose. They're out here for a reason. They need to get from point A to point B and they need to get it done. I would say kind of I run with like an outlaw. I mean, we, we call it outlaw. It's not really... But it's like we're very, very dedicated and we're on point and we take trucking very, very, very seriously. So what do you haul? Are you hauling for companies or is it private businesses? One of my biggest contracts that I hold is for FedEx. Number one contractors for FedEx in the state of Michigan. We do steel and, you know, uh, you name it. In another few years, I'm going to be doing more produce hauling back and forth to Florida. So that way I can get down to the warmer climates in the wintertime and just kind of be more leisurely and just kind of, I'll still be out here. I tell people, Laura, I mean, I have a passion. I will be in this truck. I will die behind the wheel of a truck. It's all I eat, breathe, and sleep, Laura. I get emotional when I say this, and I'm not afraid to say I get emotional. But I stay, cystic fibrosis and my treatment and everything I do is the most important thing that I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. I told doctor last week and Ronnie and everything like that, and I started to choke up. Trucking, does it allow you, you can put everything in the truck with you, and then when you stop, you can do your treatments? Does it allow you to do that really well? Yeah, because they have, you know, one to, you know, to run nebulizers or whatever, and the refrigerator and truck, they have refrigerators, so you can keep medication cold or whatever, you know. So the trucks are very user-friendly for people that do have medical needs, not just cystic fibrosis, but for anything out on the road that people need to take care of. But and I was telling Ronnie and stuff like that is, you know, trucking gives me a purpose every day. I wake up, it gives me a reason to take top-notch care of my health because I know without my good health and taking care of myself, I'll never be able to get in my truck. And that's a fact. So it really, really gives me motivation every day to wake up, take my medicine, do what I need to do. That way I can look forward to getting in my truck every single day. That's wonderful. And how many trucks do you have? I have one right now, but it's like a group of us of like four or five of us that all got trucks and we all kind of work together and we all not a group, but it's just 
that we all kind of intertwine and we always help each other out. And on top of driving while on top of doing it, I do all my own wrenching. I do all my own service work, everything that needs to be done on my truck. So I really enjoy everything that I do. Obviously, it's it's helping keep you healthy and engaged and active because very, you're all doing all that work on your truck. Yeah, very, very much. It keeps me very active. It gets me out of the house. It gives me something to do. Tell us, does your truck have a name? Describe it to us. What color? This is funny. Well, because I eat, breathe, and sleep trucking, and my girlfriend that I'm with right now, I met her. I had gone in the hospital two years ago. I got life-lated right up by my house from here on Valley down to Detroit Receiving. I had to go in for brain surgery. I had a uh, infection, a uh, pocket of infection on my brain that stemmed from a uh, sinus infection that I had received. And oh my gosh, that was a whirlwind. They thought I had pneumonia. When I first went to the hospital at Huron Valley, they rolled me in and I told them all the signs. I was weak on my left side. I was all this. They took me and they did a chest x-ray and they're like, oh, you got pneumonia really bad, you know? And they pushed me off into a room and hooked me up to antibiotics. Well, come to find out the doctor, this is the main thing. The doctor was looking at the x-ray and he was thought it was all pneumonia, but a patient with cystic fibrosis my normal, healthy lung x-ray looks like I have pneumonia, full-blown pneumonia. Right. So he thought he was reading pneumonia, and then they pushed me off in the room and come to find out, like, 11 o'clock at night, my girlfriend Michelle was with me, and she goes, you're getting worse. So Michelle was the nurse at the time, and she went and got my ER report. They looked, and they said, they didn't even do a CAT scan on you. So they immediately pushed me into a CAT scan, did that, did that and a half hour later, they come back and they say, you got to get rushed down to emergency down at Detroit receiving. You got to go in for brain surgery. They got a big infection. They got to remove out of your brain. It was a whole whirlwind. So I ended up building a relationship with her. Well, she stayed down there and took care of me, her and my mom. And when I got out of it, so get the back on track here, Michelle knew how much I loved trucking when she first met me. Because she met me a couple months prior to my hospitalization. But hold to that thought for one second, because I think it's really important what you just said. Because you didn't see your CF doctor at a CF clinic for that exacerbation, that's what happened. Your x-rays were misread Yeah. because that person made a mistake. So it's really important that you either have an advocate with you when possible in those emergencies or that you're able to say i have cystic fibrosis or this is what's going on and that they contact your cf doctor to talk it through right absolutely Lord. you are 100 percent correct so that's really scary and so glad obviously that you came out of it okay so now take us back to your relationship with michelle okay yeah so she knew how much trucking was important to me because i work so much she's like I knew who you were when I met you, right? So I just ordered, my new truck came in, the reefer Peterbilt in Auburn Hills. Now it's sitting down at an 11 mile truck. My buddy owns 11 mile truck in Madison Heights. It's getting all decked out. And Michelle came up with the name of it because I love trucking so much. And my I spend so much time with my truck and the bond that I have with my truck. The name of my truck, she already named it. It's gonna be Grounds for Divorce. That's funny though. Because I spent so much time with it, she's like, you like this better than me, so I'm going to call it Grounds for Divorce. But anyways, she rides with me. She likes to go with me, very supportive. And uh, I'm going to go back. So that was kind of 
with my truck, but I think a more important thing, and I want to emphasize this to everybody, all our listeners out here, that back to when I had that infection that they misread, I want people to know it's very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. If something stems and something's not right and don't have the time or a choice to go down because we thought it was almost a stroke that I was having. You're right. Because my whole body went weak and I ended up having to get rushed over to So sometimes you can't go to the hospital of your choice that you want to go to because maybe minutes count. You go, you follow what I'm saying? But the thing is, is I can't emphasize enough. There's a lot of doctors that know what cystic fibrosis is, but they don't know the details and the fine points of cystic fibrosis. And I think that was what happened is what I encountered. And I'm not sitting there holding anything against it because cystic fibrosis, as we all know, is a specialty. I can't expect every doctor to sit there and focus all their life on knowing. So I, I get that. I don't expect that. But it's one of the things that I think when anybody goes into a hospital, a patient or family or whatever it is, that they strongly emphasize or do whatever they can to try to get in contact with a doctor that's a specialist because some hospitals just don't have CF specialty teams there. And I understand that. And that's what I'm saying. I can't emphasize, make sure you know that these doctors know if you go in for an unrelated issue or something like that, that we have cystic fibrosis because you don't want them to do something that could intertwine and create complications for us. Right. And I had a question for you. So a lot of the people that I interview either have their own foundation or are very involved in cystic fibrosis. And I honestly have to say, I have not done a lot of podcasts with people who aren't extremely involved in the CF community. And that's not a bad thing or a wrong thing. I'm just asking, and I'm so glad we've connected. Do you feel like it's better to just go on as you are in trucking and not be extremely connected to the CF population? Or is it just how it kind of evolved with you? Or is it your comfort zone? I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. Good question. Um, I think I, the line of work I'm in, I always say, if I'm not driving, I'm, I'm working on. It takes like, I would say like 95, 90% of my time is my business. And mm -hmm. it really does. So I think that takes away because of all my work that I do is contract work. So it's not like I can say, oh, okay, I'm going to take a day off and I'm going to head up to Traverse City today. You're really not in charge of your schedule, right? No, no, it's all contract work because honestly, that's where the lucrative work is in the industry. And a lot of people shy away from it because of that. But I'm a hard worker. I was born and raised a hard worker and it's all I know. So yeah, I'm going to go where the money's at in the industry. Absolutely. Smart man. And that's all it comes down to it. Am I comfortable about it? Absolutely. 100%. That's why I'm glad I connected with you and, mm -hmm. and hopefully other people that are involved with you as well, you know, create a little network here and people I know if they get to know me more and, you know, understand me, they understand, oh yeah, I see Jordan's time's all taken up his business. He works hard and everything like that. But I would love to sit here and step back and take time to know and 
put a little bit more time, not say I got a lot more time, but I would like to get a little bit more involved, Laura, with you and your foundation and being there, being maybe an influence. Is that the word? Yeah, I think this is great. I think getting the story out of people that we don't know as much about. I love your story. I love the whole trucking aspect and your love for trucking. I think um, you have a great story and I'm so glad that we connected and that we met. I really appreciate it. And I hope I can be an inspiration to people, you know, like don't ever give up. Don't think that you have cystic fibrosis, that you're not capable of achieving dreams. You know, I actually don't ever give up, you know, just keep going. You know what else is interesting about this? And as just, I just keep thinking about this. The difference is, okay, I love my foundation. I do the foundation. I love doing these podcasts. It really is therapy for me. It really um, makes me feel better. I get to meet people like you. And then I also think that there are so many people like yourself making a difference that maybe aren't somebody that I talk to every day, right. but... I do think it's wonderful what you're doing for CF. What I'm saying is you don't have to be connected to a foundation or be a foundation. Everybody's role is really important and connects differently. And it's, it's a great thing. Correct. Like your foundation is a wonderful thing. You know, WWJ, all the stuff that you've done and connected with in your life for your family and what you do is really open doors for helping you with your foundation. Exactly. So your foundation to you is like my business to me, you know, and that's why I reach out to you and want to connect to you because you're a very, very, uh, what's the word I want to look very, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, very, very, very good connection as far as helping get words out. Like I can gotcha. reach out and say, Hey, you want good resources. What I should do. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that. You're a very good resource for people like me. Laura, and I, again, I can't thank you enough for what you do and what you do for the cystic fibrosis community. It's, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Honestly, I'm very proud of you. It's, it's awesome what you do. Well, thank you very much, Jordan. And why don't you tell me also, except for this, you know, the sinus infection that you had two years ago, have you been pretty healthy your entire life? But I do want to let you know, one of the newest things that I can, and it's probably good that I just touch off here because it's very new to me and it's something I just started. And it was something that I should have done a while ago, but I kept putting it off because I guess I was nervous or whatever like that, because it has a lot to do with the trucking, my, my trucking, uh, as far as my DOT physical health card, I got to get renewed every couple of years. I'm just starting insulin. I got basically as diagnosed cystic fibrosis related diabetes, which really doesn't start showing until you get older right? because your body doesn't produce the insulin like it used to or. So that's the newest step in my CF treatments that I'm taking um, is I'm, I'm doing insulin and I'm doing very well at it. My numbers are right where my doctor wants them. So I'm, I've only been doing it for a couple months, but that's like the biggest new step in my cystic fibrosis journey is this insulin. And it, it, it like the doctor says, it's something that comes later on in life. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a great connection to um, CFRD, uh, another foundation that 
deals specifically with that. So it's Attain Health and I can connect you with them. They deal with that. But I know you probably have to get on the road and I don't want to keep you, but I wanted this chance to let everybody know about who you are and what you're doing. And um, we'll be talking more because you're definitely going to be a part of the Bonnell Foundation. We absolutely need you. Thank you. And Laura, I, I want to say one more thing here. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. That, uh, right now I'm taking a CF modulator drug that has definitely been a game changer for me in my cystic fibrosis. It's the most wonderful thing that I could ever, ever have got on because it, I've never, ever felt better in my life, ever. Right. It corrects the underlying cause of cystic fibrosis. And so have you seen that your lung functions increased? Oh, Everything, just everything. I mean, wait, I mean, everything. It's, yeah. I ever thought in my life that the doctor would say, hey, Jordan, you got to start, you know, going on a good diet because you don't want to gain any more weight. I never thought in my life I'd ever have to hear that. So Beautiful words for you. That's great. Absolutely. But, Laura, I want to say thank you to you and all the listeners. You know, we're all in this together, and we're all here for each other. And I just want to thank you for what a wonderful job the Bonnell Foundation does everything and i want to also thank you big shout out huge shout out thanks to wwj for helping get the word out and you know because if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be having this call with you today and right and i also want to say in my trucking business i also want to do a big shout out to the wwj traffic reporters out there dennis newbacher kt all them that helped me keep my wheels moving on the interstates and the Laura Bonnell Foundation for keeping me in the loop with all different wonderful people. And you guys are all wonderful. Thanks to everybody. We're a great team. Thank you, Jordan. You're inspiring. And it was great to meet you. And we will talk soon. Thank you very much. Laura. Have a wonderful day now. The original music in this podcast is performed by Kevin Allen. It's not complicated. Who happens to have cystic fibrosis. We all got our worries and fears. I know what's got you frustrated. But loving you is so alright. This has been the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. For more information and to learn more about the Bonnell Foundation, check them out online at thebonnellfoundation.org. That's B-O-N-N-E-L-L foundation.org. This podcast was sponsored by Vertex Pharmaceutical, the science of possibility, and produced by Jagged Detroit Podcasts. 